Ignition running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here from theresurgent.com and WSB Radio. A little extra podcast content for you. Um, largely because, as I, I noted on my radio show, I just I don't have time to get in, delve deep into this topic. Um, but it is one I have gotten a ton of readers at The Resurgent and listeners to my show who no, my wife and I, we've been going through this situation and asking questions and whatnot. And so people have been asking me, I figured it was at the point where I do something that you can listen to and just kind of understand. And the big issue is uh, your kids, uh, cell phones, the internet, social media, all of that. And I, I freely admit, I don't have all the answers. I have asked a ton of people their answers who are, I guess you consider experts of the field, particularly people who share our worldview, um, belief in God, uh, just a, a Christian perspective. And so I, I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about that with you. And the thing that everyone has told me up front is if your kids are, if you're interested in moving your kids into allowing them to use social media, and just so you know, my, my daughter is 12 in sixth grade, she's the one kid in her class who doesn't have a cell phone. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, but he, as she does have access to Instagram, she has access to a cell phone, my old iPhone. We do not have a cell phone plan with it. It's just wireless. Um, she can use iCloud uh, and she can message friends who have iPhones, who have iCloud accounts. But she she can't use Snapchat. Uh, she We don't have it on there and other things. I'll, I'll get into that. But first, uh, what all the experts tell me is you've got to understand that social media is designed around self-esteem. And you as a parent need to first have a real assessment. If you care about this issue and care about your child, be caring enough to make a real assessment for yourself of your child's self-esteem because the internet there is filled with bullies, dark and terrible things, um, mean commenters. Uh, people can say nasty stuff. There is no tone. You you have a hard time understanding when people are being joking because it, it's, you're not going to get their tone of voice in many cases from comments. And if your kid is really worried about likes and things like that, I mean the, the whole world around us from a Christian perspective, the world is designed to be like, to like and be liked. And you get likes on Facebook, you get hearts on Instagram, you get hearts on Twitter, uh, whatever it is on Snapchat. Uh, we'll get into Snapchat. It, you're, it is all the self-esteem is about likability. And so you want to be liked by more and more people. And so you engage in the behavior to be liked by more and more people. The problem with that from particularly a Christian perspective is that many of the things that will get you liked by the world are, th are things that God doesn't like. Uh, many of the things that the world supports are things hostile to God. I mean, Scripture says this. Uh, the things of the world don't like the things of God. So if your kid's self-esteem is not developed yet, uh, you haven't helped them develop it through athletics, through sports, through through friendly competition, through through risky play outside, uh, unfettered play and exploration, and, and they're developing it on social media where you're, you're going to have a very shallow child 
who his entire life is to get the like. And one of the things a couple of people have told me is just listen to your kids' conversations. Just just overhear how they talk. Are they talking about YouTubers? How many subscribers they have? How many likes they have? How many comments they have? Or or how many likes an Instagram post gets? Or how many how many likes something is on Facebook? Or or using the language of social media? If they're using the language of social media, whether they have social media or not to convey a sense of what is good and bad, that is actually probably an indication they don't need it right now. They need to find and find ways of measuring worth through other means. And I think that's fair and reasonable advice. Now, I will tell you in our situation, uh, the only social media that our oldest, who's 12, has, our youngest has none, uh, he's eight, she's 12. We, she has an Instagram account. We require her to keep it private and we both follow it. My wife and I, as do many of our friends and family. So if she did anything out of line inappropriate, whatnot, uh, we would have immediate eyeballs on it. She is not allowed to accept requests, uh, from people who want to follow her without talking to us. And we, we have an obligation to monitor it and we do. And we see what's happening. And there have been occasional incidents uh, on her uh, Instagram page where friends have said something not nice. Uh, Arguments have been started between other friends. The reason I think Instagram is a safe place to explore social media to a degree is because it tends to be the most civil and kind. You're putting up pictures. You're not engaging in stuff really even with the instant stories now. The the stuff that's not going to just immediately disappear Um, you're probably not going to have someone sending explicit pictures on Instagram. In fact, Instagram monitors that. Instagram has a a very strong commitment to civility in a way other social media doesn't have. So it's a safe place to kind of get started. But even then, by keeping the account private and small, we're also teaching her about there's no heroine of likes there's no heroine of of link love or anything like that she's it's just her and some of her friends who know she has the account what we don't do with her is being in sixth grade give her a cell phone now you know your situation better than i know your situation i assure you if you're i'm 42 if you're around my age you didn't have a cell phone when you were in middle school uh you probably had to go to an office uh to to make a phone call home I personally don't think a middle schooler needs a cell phone. I don't think a kid needs a cell phone until the kid is in a position to be driving himself around. Then you need one. I mean, you know, when I was growing up, my dad, and you probably had a similar experience, my my dad or my mom would let me sit in their lap and I could steer the car when I was a kid, go down the hill, eventually learn to to use the brakes with them. When I was a 9, 10, 11 year old, my grandparents had a huge pastor and I was old enough to reach the pedals and my parents would let me and my friend get out there in my grandmother's giant car and ride around the field. There was only so much speed you could have in this field. Uh, you couldn't go super crazy. Uh, we were my grandmother's giant Pontiac and learned to get a sense of driving and steering. And it, it was a little more reckless than, than otherwise. And many people in the city don't have this option. But by the time I was 15 in, in Louisiana at the time, you get your driver's license at 15. I, I knew how to drive. Uh, my parents had worked me into it slowly. And, and the problem with social media and, and the Internet and cell phones and technology is they're tools just like a vehicle. 
but we tend to give them to our children, many of us, and say, go figure it out for yourself. And that's a problem because they have access to so much and they don't know what to do with it. And, and frankly, many of us don't because none of us had it when we were that age. I mean, the Internet did not exist when I was in sixth grade, uh, at least uh, the way we think of it. So I, I'm highly resistant to the idea that my child needs a cell phone until we are in a situation where she's able to drive. And until then, if she's got to be picked up from practice, well, she could borrow a coach's phone to call us, but I, I should be engaged enough with her to be able to do this. Hey, life has sacrifices, and sometimes you got to sacrifice your time for your child's development. And it, honestly, in my situation, it, it's my wife more than me, uh, given our schedules and me having radio show at 5 p.m., doing that but it's a commitment we have to do that and i'm i'm really actually stunned by some folks who give their kids cell phones and they're up all night text messaging and the parents have absolutely no idea that anything like that is going on and it becomes very hard to monitor and when you start at an early age you are essentially getting your children addicted to a steady stream of feedback um, when their brains are still developing. And no one I talk to thinks that's healthy. I did not talk to a single person who thinks letting your 6th, 7th, 8th grader have a constant steady access to text messages, emojis, and social media is a good thing. Now, let me pivot real quick and talk about Snapchat because I, I think a lot of parents don't really understand Snapchat. Or I look at it and think that this is the place where, where kids send naked pictures to each other. I do not need to be here. Uh, this is the, an Anthony Weiner domain. It's not a, not a civil polite person's domain. Um, I don't think you need Snapchat. And I realize that many millennials are consuming their news and whatnot by Snapchat. I think that Snapchat is decreasing the attention span and I don't think it's necessary. And, and here's the thing that I would tell you, and this is a worldview issue and there is no right or wrong answer on this. But again, particularly with middle school, you're throwing your kid into a situation where there is no rule book. Their bodies are changing. Their hormones are changing. They're forming their self-esteem and their outlook on life. And you're giving them easy access to a temptation to be able to send things they will later regret on the assumption that it is an impermanent thing that can never haunt them. And in more and more cases, we're finding stories of permanence. If you're going to have your kid on Snapchat, you need to show your kids the stories. Don't just tell them, but show them the stories of the people whose lives were ruined because of something they put on Snapchat. There's just a story last week about a nurse losing her job because of the terrible things she was doing uh, to infants on a um, maternity ward at a hospital. The poses she was making, she's a, a delivery room nurse, shooting middle finger to newborn babies and whatnot, calling them Satan, putting them on Snapchat, and people took screenshots of it. Uh, and most people think you can't on, on Snapchat, but not only can you, but stuff like that is forever. The internet is forever, and your kid needs to understand the internet is forever. Your kid needs to understand that if they do something on the internet, it's going to be there forever, forever, to quote Sam Sandlot. <laughs> forever, forever. Uh, they They really have to understand that. And I personally strongly believe as a Christian, that we don't have to embrace all of the worldly tools. And Snapchat is one of those that we're not allowing our kids to embrace. They will hit the age of 16 or so, and we will allow them to make some choices for themselves. But for now, no. 
Uh, in fact, in our kids' school, there have been several fights that have started because of things that have been on Snapchat. Kids tried to figure out themselves how to use it. Their parents unable to monitor it because of the, the nature of the system. There's no reason your Christian child needs to have Snapchat and be tempted into doing dumb things they will live to regret. There's just no reason for it. There's no reason for it as a means of communication. Um, in, in fact, if nothing else, it breaks down your child's ability to have real sustained communications because of that. I, there's really no need for it. There's no actual real need for There may be a real need for a cell phone. There's not for Snapchat. Now, what do you do if you want to allow your kid into it? Because eventually they're going to find it. You want to help them explore it and explore it well. Well, I, first of all, I use in my house a device called Circle. It's branded by Disney. It's not made by Disney, but they partnered up with Disney for branding. I actually was hesitant to buy it for a number of months because it was connected to Disney. Given the filth that Disney is trying to indoctrinate our children with on the Disney Channel and whatnot, where all the boys look just like the girls and have the same manicure and clothing problems, we don't watch Disney in our house. But I've been impressed by Circle. It allows every, it easily connects into your home Wi-Fi system. And then every device that connects to your Wi-Fi system is then routes through the Circle device. And you on your phone with an app get a notification of every device that connects. And you can assign that device to a person. So your kid, if they have an iPad, if they have an iPhone, if they have an Android device, a, a tablet from school, you can assign them all to them. And then you can set levels of security of, I want them to be able to go look at research and reference websites, but not entertainment websites. I want them to be able to use Instagram. I don't want them to be able to use Snapchat. I don't want them to be able to use face, um, Facebook. I want them to be able to search safely on YouTube for, for kid-friendly things. I don't want them to have access to full YouTube. I want them to be done by 9 p.m. I don't want their device to work after 9 p.m. I don't want them to do that. I, I, I don't want it to start before 8 a.m., on on a weekday. I don't want it to start before noon on a weekend. I want to be able to award them bonus time for good behavior. I want to take time away. I want to be able to lock it down. I want to restrict particular websites that we're worried about them going to. You can do all of that with the Circle device. It is very, very handy, uh, very useful. Honestly, we should be better at using it than we are in our house. We, we have become very lenient with the iPads as babysitters. We don't allow our kids access to the internet. Uh, except in restricted circumstances with Circle. But as far as playing games and, and watching family-friendly stuff on iTunes or Netflix, we, we're way more lenient than we should be. It's something we ourselves have to work on and have to be mindful of, particularly as culture continues to shift and there's more and more indoctrination happening. Uh, I recommend the Circle of Advice. There are others out there. I believe Eero now has uh, the, the home mesh Wi-Fi router system, has something built in. I, I saw an earlier use of the Eero system. I didn't like it as much as Circle, uh, and I don't think it is still as developed as Circle. I really do recommend Circle. Uh, this is not a paid placement. We use it in our house. I like it. Um, it helps us monitor. We can go through and see how many hours our kids have been on the Internet and what they've been looking at. And that's another thing. You have an obligation as a parent. You're not your kid's friend. You're your kid's parent. You've got an obligation to make sure they're they're doing right. You've got an obligation to monitor the web usage. There are other programs out there that make it extremely difficult on your home system to have access to pornography. I recommend those systems. Um, more and more kids, middle school boys, actually boys, one study says uh, in fourth grade, begin to have access to pornography in the United States because of the Internet. Uh, I highly recommend you take steps to stop that. And there are programs 
that can be deployed on your Wi-Fi system to stop that. Um, it, it is it, Google is your friend here. I, I cannot remember off the top of my head the name of the product. Uh, but listen, the world is coming for your child. The world has given up on trying to stop you. The internet culture, the social media craze of likes and and hearts and instant feedback and link love, uh, that is what the world will use to pull your child away from God and towards the world. Because the world is not going to give a lot of link love to a kid who loves Jesus and talks about it on social media. In fact, there's going to be a lot of bullying and a lot of harassment. And if your kid does not have his self-esteem and he wants to talk about Jesus on YouTube, well, guess what's going to happen? Uh, it's not going to be good for his sanctification or for yours. And the Internet is a dangerous place. It's, it's a great, great tool. It is. But there's a lot of danger there. And many, many parents, particularly Christian parents, I think, need to be better engaged in what their kids are looking at, monitoring their kids' usage, setting restrictions on their kids' usage. I grew up with free-range parents, so to speak, where I could watch TV 24 hours a day if I wanted to, as long as I was getting my work done. But then I didn't have access to the cultural rot that people have today and, and the access to, to bad things on the Internet that kids today have if you're not careful. So you've got to up your game to be able to up your kids' game. And let me bring this full circle before closing out. Do a real, honest, fair assessment of your child's self-esteem. If your child is still developing self-esteem, keep them away from all social media. Keep them away from it. No Instagram, no Snapchat, no Facebook, no Twitter, no nothing. There's no reason for it. They need to figure out other ways to develop their, their self-esteem through athletics, through playtime, uh, offline playtime, and things like that. Once you are confident that they they do have a measure of self-esteem and know that their self-worth does not come from likes on social media or just likes from friends. Um, they have a bit of self-respect in them. Uh, then it's time to slowly introduce them, put restrictions on it, maybe start with Instagram, and go from there. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email, eric at theresurgent.com, E-R-I-C-K, at theresurgent.com.